0: Today, uh, we're going to introduce the third biblical practice for defeating negative thoughts. It's the biblical practice of delivering. Now, the biblical practice of delivering uh, is comprised of three things. Uh, taking, making, and breaking. Can you say this with me? Taking, making, and breaking. One more time. Taking, making, and And breaking. My goal is that when you walk out of here, you're going to remember what you're taking, what you're making, and what's being broken. Amen? Okay, we're going to jump into a scripture. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, we've read this passage in this series. We're going to jump back into it. And I just want to give some context. Uh, I, I think it's really good to give some cultural context, some some timely context of what was going on when this was written. Sometimes we read a passage and it's like, man, I have no idea what was actually happening for this scripture to occur. And so I want to give you some some context very quickly. Um Paul is addressing the fact that there's some false narratives. There's some false teachers or some people speaking against Christians. Uh, have you ever felt like in your faith, maybe perhaps you, you get a little bit scared, especially in our culture of canceling, right? We get scared to profess or say something about our faith. We, we get a little bit fearful, a little bit apprehensive about talking about Jesus because we don't want these narratives to come back at us, but I want you to know something that it's nothing new. Cancel culture is not new, it just has a new face. Paul is dealing with cancel culture. He's dealing with the fact that there are people who are preaching false narratives and saying negative things about followers of Jesus. And what he's doing is he's encouraging the believers of the time, this is how I want you to deal with maybe the mental weight, the mind share of what's happening. Are you with me? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. What he's basically saying is, I don't live based on the rules of the world. He's giving us th- another choice. Sometimes in our life we say, "Well, I just, we just don't have a choice. I don't have a choice but to deal no, you, we, we do have a choice. We don't have to live according to the rules of the world when it comes to what we're going to do with these false preaching thoughts. You don't, you don't have to live according to them. Can somebody Pastor Jeff, can, can, can you just Amen. thank you, bro? He says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Can, can, I, can, I, can I share with you this morning that negative thoughts just aren't floaty, cloudy things in our brain. But when we grab a hold of them and we, we marry them, we become relational with them, we start making bonding agreements with them, we call ourselves according to them. What we're doing is we create what's called a stronghold. And there, is, there are weapons that God has given to you and to me to be able to call upon to break those strongholds. Maybe it's my personality, but I like the idea of breaking the back of lies. Yeah. Right? Come on. Like, I like the idea of going, like, you, you, you don't have anything on me. On. I, don't, I don't like when I, I feel like maybe the, like, if someone's thumb is on me, you know, and you get, you get kind of like, ah. No. Right. no. The, the, this is kind of the agitation we should have. To say, I, I, I'm going to break this stronghold. Yes. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take yes. and we make. And we will be ready to punish. Yes. That's not light language, just FYI. That's like UFC just dropped right into the middle Punish. Like we're going to get in the octagon and we're going to, listen, demolish these lies and negative thoughts because they're disobedience to the knowledge of God. Paul's bringing us the readers and he's bringing the believers at the time back to this focus of truth in Christ. Your truth and my truth as subjective as that is based on feelings and thoughts and different things. He's bringing us back to the folks of truth is found in Christ and the reali- reality that lies that are disguised as negative thoughts. They're lies from the father of lies from the devil. We're going to name him and now we're going to kick his butt. Amen. So we, we can and should be delivered from those things. So we've determined our thoughts. We've decided which ones need to be evicted. Now we're going to deliver them to be judged by Jesus. Number one, we're going to take it captive. Can you turn to somebody and say, take it captive? Say, you better take it. I I, I need you to have a little bit more of an attitude. Like, you better take it. You you know, when you're irritated, like you're holding something and you want the other person to grab it. And you, you hold it out for like 10 seconds too long. You're like, here, take it. You're like, bro, are you going to take this or not? You better take it. That's how I want Okay, now do you understand the attitude? You understand the tone? Now I want you to turn to somebody. I want you to let this side of the room. I want you to let this side of the room. Would you please say this with me? You need to take it. Okay, come on. Now we're preaching. Now, Okay, we're preaching this morning now. He says, in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every... How many? Every. Okay, every means what? All of your thoughts. All of them. We take, let, let, me, let me break down what this word really means for us. The English language just, just doesn't do justice to, to definitions. This implies that there's a part for you and I to play in partnership of demolishing every hostile plan that a negative thought has for your life. It, that means that when it says take it, it's time to take action. It's time to take action. So first, when, we, when we, we're going to take it captive, we're taking action. You have to take it. We can't, God, would you take it? No, Jesus take the wheel? Kind of not. Like you're in the car, right, bro? You need to take the wheel. You need to take that negative thought. But what happens? Why is it important that we do? The word take means to pull down. It means to demolish. Likens to a fortress. There is a fortress that the enemy wants to build around your mind. And when, this, when Paul says you need to take that thought. He's like, you need to pull that thing down. You need to grab it. You know, like by the back of the, I remember when I was little getting grabbed by the back of my neck. I was a wily little character. Believe it. Woo, shocking. I had a mouth on me. It was all the gifts that God had given me that were going awry. The hardest one to deal with is probably the greatest leader. It's equivalent to refuting. Let me tell you what the word refute means. This is this is powerful. To refute something is to criticize or oppose fiercely and publicly. Paul's instructing you and I to oppose the false narrative of negative thoughts in this manner. Fiercely and publicly. By forcibly taking it captive, it means to imprison that thought. I'll just. Go. I'll take some. Take. I'll take it. No. Do you understand the difference? When you make a decision, and this is what happens: when you make a decision publicly. It's much more difficult to back out of that decision. Let me preach over here for a second. Come on. The biggest fault of modern day Christianity is we ask people to make a decision for Christ in secret and we expect them to live it out publicly. Everybody close their eyes. Nobody look right now. Does anyone want to give their life to Jesus? Amen. Because you're a secret agent of the kingdom. Shh. Don't tell anybody that you and Jesus are part and then at some point, pastor dude gets up and is like, why aren't you making your faith public? Because, bro, you brought me in in secret. So it, 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 Paul is like flipping this and he's like, so what we're going to do is we're going to keep these lies secret. We're not dealing with it on our own in isolation. We're going to what? Fiercely and publicly oppose these thoughts. Getting free from the lies of a negative thought is a public mission rather than a secret strike. Now, here's a quick tip. I told you I want to make this real practical. So here's a quick tip. Make negative thoughts in your life public enemy number one. Make them public enemy number one, man. Now, I want to tell you, to make a public enemy, number one, you're going to need some Christian community. So if you're not in Christian community, you're going to need to get in community. That's the power of the church, okay? because you're going to find some friends, some people that you can relate to, maybe someone that you're sitting with, or I don't know, but you're going to make these thoughts in your life, public enemy number one, criticize negative thoughts fiercely and publicly to a few trusted friends. Literally, it's like me going to you and saying, I'm going to tell you, I am throwing this negative, I keep dealing with this negative thought, dude, and I'm making a public enemy number one. I'm going to publicly oppose it right now to you. Jesse, I'm telling you right now, I'm dealing with this thought, and I tell Jesse what the thought is, and I criticize that thought, and I'm like, this thought, needs. he's To die, bro. And now he has the right to say every time that thing pops up in me and I don't realize it because that's what happens. Jesse's like, Hey, oh, that's right. And we stand and we talk trash on that thing. You make that thought public enemy. Number one. I said, go in my prayer closet, pastor. I just need to, I need to pray it away. Yes. Pray, please. But can you please make it public enemy? Number one. No secret strikes, okay? Point number two, we need to make it obey. Paul uses this language. We're going to take it and make it obedient to Christ. That word make is to bring under control. It means to subjugate. Now, I'm going to back up. The very first week we introed this series, I defined for you the difference between subjugation and submission. So I'm I'm going to redefine this because when Paul said he's flipping this and he's saying, no, 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 no. See, the lie is trying to subjugate you, but you're going to subjugate it. This is what subjugate means. The reduction of a person or group through domination. In this case, what Paul is talking about is you're going to do this to the thoughts that are negative. You're going to reduce them. Indifference to submission, now, I need you to understand this. Submission means uh, it's best understood as something that you request, that you offer. You are invited. God calls us into submission, but God does not subjugate us. He doesn't force you to do it. There is a welcome invitation for us to live according to God's original design. You and I have a choice in that, but these lies, they don't have a choice. Paul says, "You need to make it obedient. You dictate where the negative thought is going and where it's going to be delivered, and for what purpose it's being delivered." Make indicates there's no negotiation. We're not negotiating with these thoughts. I'm not. I'm not open to discussion. Look, this is what we're doing. You know, we're we're not talking about this. You're going to be obedient to Christ. I'm making you. Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So what are we doing? We're taking it, making it public enemy number one. We're making it. We're exposing these things. And where are negative thoughts exposed as the lies that they truly are? Paul is instructing us to reduce a thought from this self-appointed enthronement. There is a throne in your life that you place or you allow something to sit on. Paul is instructing us, you're going to make this thing obedient. You're going to reduce. You're going to subjugate. You're going to reduce this negative thought from its self-appointed enthronement in your mind. And you're going to make it, you're going to bring it, and you're going to seat it in the courtroom of heaven. Because remember, we're imprisoning the thought, which means we have to bring it before a judge. So we're going we're gonna to dethrone this thing. Now, we're not here to judge that thought. Jesus is going to judge that thought. Here's a quick tip. Uh, no plea deals. Every prisoner attempts to strike a plea deal. You've imprisoned that thought. Man, I want you to be aware. The enemy is going to start talking. Going to start running his mouth. Start playing with you. Well, you know, you know. You need me. Like this, these thoughts are so wild. They will convince you that you need to place it on witness protection program. You know what that means? It means you disguise that thought as another thought and you just don't tell Jesse about it. Right? Quick tip, no plea deals. We're going to make it. We're going to take it and we're going to make it. No plea deals in this. Never negotiate with worthless deeds of evil and darkness. That's what I just read. What are we going to do instead? Expose them. Make the negative thought that it... And, and place it in its rightful place in the courtroom of heaven. Point three. Lastly, we're going to break its power. We're going to break the power of these negative thoughts. I love the New King James version of the passage I just read. I'm going to read it in the New King James. This is verse four of 2 Corinthians 10. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This word carnal is human. The weapons, so, so l- l- let, me, let me say it's human with the inclusion, uh, this included idea of weakness. Uh, what, what it's doing is it's setting us up in the understanding that our strength is not the strength of the Lord's. It's setting us up to understand that there is an inherent weakness that we have in humanity. That when we need to break the power of something, we need to call upon the power that we find ourselves in. That what it's telling you and I is we can't on our own rely on our own strength and power to do this job. We're not bringing these thoughts into the courtroom of Pat or Jesse we're bringing him into the courtroom of what? Heaven. For Jesus to judge. So Paul's reminding us. He's saying, hey, these weapons of warfare that we've been given are not carnal. They're not, they're, they're not made of hum, human strength that at some point will fail, he says. But they're mighty in God. They're having power for something. Mighty in God means that there's a power For there's a purpose to the power. It's not just power to have power. Humanity loves power for the sake of what? Having power. God has power for a purpose. And his power is purpose to bring deliverance to creation. And you and I are part of that creation. And we're the focus and we're the aim. God made people his aim he placed Jesus in the center of that courtroom. And he said, now, I'm going to make people the aim of the justice done in this court. And I'm passionately going to go after you. Yeah. This, is, this is great news, by the way. Yeah. And so Paul is saying to us, hey, we've got powerful weapons through the power of God to break the stronghold of negative thoughts, quite simply. Where is our power found? Where is it found? Our power is found where? In the courtroom of heaven, in the presence of God. Can I? Can I just real quick, just really quickly, uh, to give you some construct? When we spend time singing to God, what we're doing is is we're saying, God, you're worth all of our attention and affection, all of our honor we can't fathom your goodness we can't fathom your greatness we don't we don't fully under in in all of our human you know psyche we're trying to wrap our head around what heaven means but we 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 struggle to understand god because you're other than you're not human you don't live in the constructs of time and so you move in ways that we don't understand and and in the power that you hold everything together we find ourselves right in the middle of that right in the middle of that is your hosting court where heaven's armies are and we're standing there we're seated with jesus christ because of what he did on the cross because of his death and his resurrection, and we begin preaching the gospel to our negative thoughts, that maybe this morning what we need to do is we need to preach to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves who we are and where we stand, whose courtroom we stand in, and who the judge is, and who is holding all things together for the good of those who love Jesus Christ. Paul, just a little bit later, says this in chapter 12. He says, but he said to me, this is Paul goes to the Lord and he's like, God, why do I deal with this? He calls it a thorn. Why am I dealing with this thorn, this thing? Perhaps you've been dealing with negative, can I, you're dealing with negative thoughts. You know, you're going to be dealing with negative thoughts for the rest of your existence, this side of heaven. That's just, that, that's just the way it's going to be. But we've been given weapons to defeat those things. And Paul's, he's struggling with this. I love, I love the fact that I see Paul, one of the greatest examples in men to ever follow Jesus. I love that he struggled. Do you know why? Because it tells me that I can struggle too. It tells me that I'm not less than. This dude wrote a, a large portion of the New Testament. And if this dude was struggling, that means my struggle, I'm sane. But I don't have to stay the same. And so this is what he says. He says, in response to Paul, this is what God's saying to you this morning. He's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? Weakness. God, I am weak. You are strong. I'm going to take that thing. I'm going to make it and you're gonna break it. And it's in my weakness and my humility to know that I have the authority in Jesus Christ to take and make that thought submit to you, to be subjugated to your name. And my grace, the Lord says, God has given each one of you a grace that looks different from the next person. And God's grace is sufficient for you. Paul goes on, he says, therefore, I love this. He goes, therefore, I'm going to be braggadocious. That's my word. He goes, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that what the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many of you want the power of Christ to rest upon you this morning? Come on. You know what we got to start doing? We got to start getting braggadocious. Yeah, it ain't me. I actually don't have the strength to deal with this, but you know who does? Man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to boast a little bit. I'm going to brag a little bit. I'm going I'm, I'm to get a little too, maybe even overly confident. You might perceive as over overly confident. I'm going to get. A li- I'm going to step out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that nothing can prevail against me. Not one weapon. Not one word. Not one bad day. Not one bad decade. Not one bad relationship. Not one bad marriage. Not one bad grade, not one bad comment on your social media. This is actually important. He goes, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. I'm content with, he goes, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then and then only, family, we are strong. You can confidently take all of your thoughts into the courtroom of heaven where they will be judged and made obedient according to the paperwork that's already been signed that you have already won in Jesus Christ. Did you know that? See, the secret is this. When you take and make that thought take its rightful place in the courtroom of heaven to be judged, the paperwork has already been signed that you won. You don't even have, there's no cross examination. There, there, there's no negotiations. There's no like the hung juries. Come on. I'm the only one excited about this news. You, you, you know what? I, I, I just want to encourage you, church. See, people come up to me after, after church sometimes and they say, you know what, Pastor? Oh, you were preaching. Like, I just wanted to stand up and like shout, but I was a little too scared. Because I didn't know if that would offend you. Do you think heaven is sitting quiet and idle when you and I start getting on the same page as God? When lives start getting trans? I'm going to tell you something. Heaven's armies are shouting. So I just want to give you freedom here. If I'm preaching and you're like, preach, you, you need to preach good, do me a favor. Just let me know. You can say amen. You can clap. You can stand. Listen, I'm not asking for your approval. I'm asking you to align your heart to what heaven says about you. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. We're going to do our part. Horse is prepared for the day of battle. But what? But the victory belongs to who? The Lord. We're going to break its power. We're going to take it, make it, and break it. But the victory belongs to the Lord. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Here's my last quick tip, and then I'm going to read a passage. I have something for a few of you. Here's my quick tip. Be braggadocious. Go ahead. Paul did it. I'm going to do it. He said, imitate him as he imitates Christ. So I'm going to be braggadocious. Remember the victory belongs to the Lord. Boast about Christ's grace and power. Boast about it. Tell people about it. You know, here's somebody, you better tell somebody. What are they saying? You better brag. You better get braggadocious. You better boast. You better let someone know. Oh, if you... (laughs) You know, I just won the Mega Millions Lotto, but I'm not telling anybody. That might be smart, but hey. Yes. Look, if I win, you, you, none of you are going to know. <laughs> I mean, I take the lump sum and I'm going to still do what God has called me to do. Nothing can stand in the way of Christ's victory over our lives. Next week we're going to talk about how to keep negative thoughts dethroned. Today we talk about dethroning them. We're going to deliver them and dethrone them. Next week we're talking about how to keep them dethroned. That's an issue. Sometimes we're like divorce and then we're like remarriage. <laughs> well, we got kids already. Like that's a problem. I don't need the spawn of these little demon lies. I don't. Okay, we're going to talk next week about how to keep these things dethroned. Here's what I have for you. There's a couple right here, ma'am. You're wearing a hat. This is a no-no but I'm pretty confident that you're with child. Okay. My wife's had seven children. And she's always like, Pat, never say this to a woman. Right? But I'm bold in Jesus' name. All right. I couldn't get that wrong. I've seen you a handful of times. I see you guys. And this morning, I, I, just, I, I noticed you again standing there. My wife walked in and all of her wisdom, she said, uh, the Lord has something for them that you need to tell them. And I said, yeah, man, every time I see them, I'm drawn to them. And, uh, and, and, and this is what I see every single time. I feel like there's a level of maturity that God has given the two of you of understanding, um, of wisdom. But also, I'm going to use this term, and forgive me if, if it doesn't make sense to you. I, I think this is going to make sense to you. He's, get, he's given you the ability to see prophetically. And he speaks to the both of you. And God has given you a very, in my my estimation, I I feel like he's given you a very clear picture of what the formation of your family looks like. But the power of family, as God's been speaking to you about your family, he's speaking to you about kingdom and the formation of family. And he wants to utilize this maturity. and, And the word that I got was resilience and stability a resilience and a stability. God wants to use those things as weapons to, um, to unhinge and to break off uh, for other people what God wants to see done. And the enemy is trying to perpetuate in those things. Um, Chandra, are you in the room? Can, can you just go place your hand on her? One mama to another. Now, when my wife lays her hand on you, is this your first child? First baby. Man. Okay, when my wife lays her hand on you, the spirit of lots of children is going to pass to you. <laughs> Can somebody say amen? amen? All right. God said, be fruitful and multiply. So that is the spirit that Shander and I carry. My wife, is just gonna, she's just going to be praying over the two of you specifically, but I, 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 wanted her, I wanted you to put your hand on her. I think, Shandra, you have something for her. Um, and I'm just going to pray real quickly. Is this okay, you guys? So, Father, why don't you just join me? If you guys want, you can just extend a hand. Father, I just pray right now that the witnesses of heaven, heaven's armies... Lord, are declaring right now the goodness of the purpose that you've placed over these two. But beyond that, to the seventh generation, God said, I'm declaring my purposes over your children's 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 children. And what you're doing today is a setup for what's going to happen seven generations later. God, I declare right now that there will be a long lineage of powerful men and women who are going after hearing you and being responsive to you, being obedient to your voice and walking in what it is you've asked them to do. That contrary to what uh, everything around might be saying, that these two are, are being the examples Lord, that, that they're saying we're taking this ground and we refuse to back off. We refuse to let anything, any thoughts, any ill words um, come into our minds. We're going to guard our hearts. So Lord, we just say as a family, yes to that. Lord, that you, you literally, um, like John leapt in Elizabeth's womb, at the encounter of Jesus in Mary's womb, that this child right now would be leaping and jumping in your presence. That that what this child is is a worshiper. What this child is, is it. it it's going to profess. It's going to release. It's going to have a sound that this child carries that's going to break bondage and strongholds. And we say yes and amen to this. And we say yes and amen to being encouragers to this family. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen. Is that, is that okay? I was going to do it anyway. Hey, listen, I'm going to leave you with this real quick. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. 1 Samuel seventeen forty five. David, he's going out to fight the Philistines. He's going out to fight Goliath. This is kind of a famous story. And this is what he says. David replies to the Philistine, to Goliath. He replies to the lie. He replies to the negative thought. He replies to that bully. This is what David, the little 13-year-old, the one that seemed feeble, the one that didn't seem like the likely one who could stand up to the, to the bully, Goliath. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like that. This is what you have been empowered to say. This week... He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. That's what we just pray. We come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Like these enemies, Like these negative thoughts, they're not speaking against you. They're speaking about the knowledge of God. And God has to stand up against these things. Today, the Lord will conquer you. I want you to close your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. What is, the, what is the biggest, most glaring negative thought? Take it. Take it in your mind. You got a hold of its neck. Now, I want you to literally see yourself making it. Take a seat in the courtroom of heaven in front of all of the Lord's armies. And this is what I want you to say. Today the Lord will conquer you. Say it. And I will kill you and cut off your head. Yep. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men. Come on, and I will give the dead bodies of your men and all your friends, all all your passengers to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in San Marcos, California as you leave today I gave you three very practical things, quick tips you can go to the movement.org and on our app and you can find the notes from today and I think we might even have it on our YouTube, go through this week Um, If you don't activate this, like if you don't do something with it, it's great information, but there won't be any transformation. Okay? We're going to, first of all, we're going to do what? Take it, make it, and break it. Say it again. One more time, we're going to. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.